Hello, everybody. Welcome to your favorite hockey player's favorite hockey podcast, the Puck Talk Live podcast. Part four of four in our division previews. Ending things off. Traveling from coast to coast. Yesterday's episode, if you haven't heard it, was the Western Division. Check it out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. Click the link in our Instagram at Puck Talk Live Podcasts. On the Linktree link, you will find all of our podcast platforms. If you haven't listened to any of the previous division previews, go ahead and listen to them. They were great. Traveling from the West Coast yesterday all the way out east to the East Coast, this division is going to be a locked tight race from day one, which is in five days of the time of recording this. Let's go from the bottom eight to one. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. Rafi, Noah, with the news that Corey Crawford is taking a personal leave of absence, and we don't know his, his uh, let's just assume the New Jersey Devils don't have him for the season. Let's just assume that in our conversation because we really don't know with all these rumors flying around that he might retire, he might just take a year off. Who knows? Who knows? Is this team better or worse? Like, what does the being being without Corey Crawford puts their standing worse? But overall, as a team, where does New Jersey stand in relation to everyone else? That was a long way asking that, but. I think uh, New Jersey is in a really interesting scenario. I think they are really upset right now <laughs> because even though they were supposed to be in the Metro in a normal year, which is a tough division to begin with, now they're in a division with like where every team they got shanked. Yeah, where just just about every team except for them can compete. While I love Nikita Gusev and Nico Heischer are two fantastic forwards. The problem is Jack Hughes wasn't proven. Um, maybe he has a maybe he has a breakout season this year, but pretty much after their first two lines, they don't really have that much offense, and they're they're extremely young, and they don't have a lot. Excuse me, on offense they're extremely young and are not proven. So this is going to be pretty tough to score against some of the elite goaltenders uh, in the East Division. I. Yeah, I- yeah, yeah. It's the the blow of losing Corey Crawford and and losing the opportunity to have Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford as your goalie tandem sucks. Like that, yeah. th- there's no better way to put it. It's terrible. But I I'm going to disagree with one thing you said. I think this team still can compete even with the goalie tandem being Scott Wedgwood and Mackenzie Blackwood. I like this team I think this team uh, I'll I'll talk about P.K. Subban in a second and the defense in a second the New Jersey Devils can it depending on where they stand in this division which we said at the beginning of the show it's going to be a tight race between all of these teams all eight of these teams it's not going to be a complete blowout of a lead between you know eight to seven seven to five it's going to be a close race, the three of us think. I think New Jersey could be buyers at the trade deadline, and I think that they can push themselves into the playoffs depending on where they stand. It's unlikely just based on principle, just based on the fact that the teams that we have ranked ahead of them have more 
uniform, more consistent rosters. But I think this team has potential for this season specifically. And it's going to be fun to watch. However, I think as Noah or Rafi, whoever I cut off, was going to allude to, it, it's, it's a weird season. I, I like their defense, though. I think P.K. Subban will have a bounce-back season um, for some reasons. And I think also just for just the fact that he's probably a bit hungry for a bounce-back year. I think he definitely is, he has the potential for it. Um, some outside activities may also help him in becoming much better and improving his play. And otherwise, the rest of the defense looks really solid. I think the bringing in they brought Vodden in Sammy Vatnin again, which is I thought that was a great piece. Ryan Murray yeah. is not he's not like an insane guy, but he's still a good guy to have in your top four. Damon Severson, Severson, Will Butcher, they're all good. Like they have a solid defense. It's just the offense that kind of concerns me with them. They have a good top six, but it's outside of Nico Hishier, who's already going to be missing some time, and we don't know how long he's going to be missing. It's a concern for me. There's there's really no guy, in my opinion, who really can step up and fulfill that primary source of offense that they lose with Heischer missing some time. Yep. I think the big thing is um, that New Jersey, kind of like the LA Kings, are super, I don't want to use the word volatile, but like they're, uh, they're really prone to like swings because they're so young and so inexperienced. Right, you could be riding a super hot streak and then get down on yourself and then lose, you know, four or five games in a row. Um, I think that this team really needs, um, especially on the defensive end, you need someone like PK Subban on the offensive end, Nikita Gusev, their veterans, to you know calm their calm the young guys down, and say, look, it's okay, don't get out of yourself, play your game, you know, all the cliches, play full sixty minutes, all that stuff. Um, I think that's going to help them a lot. And I think solid goaltending for Mackenzie Blackwood is really going to help, um, especially the young guys, uh, their confidence in that they can take more risks while knowing that they've got a solid goaltender to back them up and make some saves. I really think that Andres Johnson in this improved role on the New Jersey Devils where he's going to be getting more ice time will have in some way, shape, or form a breakout season for the New Jersey Devils. I think he's very underrated. The thing is, when he's, when he's scoring... He is he's very streaky, but when he's streaky, he's a very good forward. And with the new additional ice time and poss- he's likely going to be on a power play unit, something that he likely wasn't going to be on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think he's a solid candidate for a breakout player this year, especially for the Devils. And people have kind of written him off with his $3.4 million cap hit, but he's only 26, and I think he has a high enough ceiling where he could be a good piece for their top six in the future years as well. Yeah, I. not much else to talk about. Like like I said, I think their defense relies on P.K. Subban, right? He's a presence yeah. in the locker room. He's a loud voice. Whether he returns back to this offensive juggernaut that he was when he won the Norris Trophy not that long ago, he, he just needs to be productive in any aspect, whether it's defensively or offensively. If he can be productive in either of those aspects, or both ideally, this defense is going to be really scary. Because if he's hot, everyone else around him will feed off of that energy. Let's look at the 7th ranked team in the Eastern Division in our uh, rankings. The Buffalo Sabres. 
Taylor Hall being added over the offseason. They re-signed Victor Olofsson. They have what it takes. This is going. This is another one of those times in Buffalo's rebuild, whatever you want to call it, uh, where it is, quote, their year, end quote. Is this their year, though, Rafi? Do you think, despite the progress that they've made, is this their year? Can it be their year? I think it can be the year where we see the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs. And you look at that, obviously, in a normal type of world, which obviously we're not living in, the Buffalo Sabres this season, I'd, I'd probably put as a wildcard team for sure. But in this division where only four teams advance, it's really hard to put the Sabres outside of the top four at the moment just for their – because I, I love their pickups. Taylor Hall gives Jack Eichel a guy who Jeff Skinner I think has a bounce back season, but he's not he's nothing like Taylor Hall in the sense that Taylor Hall just brings the offense and that first line to a whole nother level with already as Logan alluded to so often last year a should like unrecognized but should be more well known in the Hart Trophy voting Jack Eichel and. With the additions of Eric Stahl, Cody Eakin, and if Victor Olsen improves his game and builds off last season, it's a good team. I love their defense as well, and I think Linus Allmark plays better than he did last year. I think he's going to be steadily on the up and up, but it's just the fact that they're in this group of depth, I want us to call it, that makes it hard for me to put them out of the playoffs, but like, you can't really... And Dylan Cousins too. Like it's such a good team, and it's so hard. But you like we just have to do it. I'm sorry. There's a lot of it's similar to what we talked about with Arizona or Nashville. Rather, there's a lot of uncertainty. They have proven guys, but playing together, there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think that is the sole reason why we put them at the seventh spot. Also, to take into account the fact that Rasmus Ristolainen is he's been taking like shots in practice at Taylor Hall and that that I don't get why uh and also the fact that their bottom six forwards questionable in terms of their success in terms of how well they can play there's potential there's a lot of potential actually i i just the the hard thing with buffalo is how they like I, I honestly I know I was just saying that but I do believe that and I know this is going to sound pretty it, it might be written off as something funny but I'm kind of serious about this I think having a shorter season benefits the Buffalo Sabres in the sense that the last few seasons we always see the Buffalo Sabres right at the start of the gate going off being amazing winning a ton of games I think that honestly maybe a 56 game season could work out in the Buffalo games Buffalo Sabres favor as they will have I never thought like, about it like that. they can stay hotter they'd be hotter for a longer percentage of the season and although they're playing a tougher in the tougher division per se I think if they can just stay hot for the normal the normal 20 30 games that they are that puts them in a great position to be in, in a playoff spot here's the biggest issue I have with the Sabres before we move on their goaltending is like fine it's kind of the same thing as like the Avalanche or the Hurricanes, where not Carter Hutton can fix his vision. That's going to be a good goalie tandem. Like yeah. it, 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 I don't think it comes not... down to whether or not Carter Hutton is able to play and be healthy enough to yeah. 
play how he was acquired to play, being a number one goaltender in a competitive market. Yep. I don't think that's that's not actually my biggest issue. It's just an issue that needs to be worried about that it's not an elite goalie tandem, which is why I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But that fourth line is so rough. Dylan Cousins, Curtis Lazar, and Tage Thompson. That's brutal. I, I just want to point out, though, that Dylan Cousins, there's no chance in the world after how he played in the World Juniors and just where they picked him, that Dylan Cousins is starting off on the fourth line with that team. I, I he's gonna. I I have a hundred percent belief that they're gonna go into the season with likely Jack Eichel as their first line center, and then Dylan Cousins being the second line center. I sure. I, that's how I'm throw like, Throw like I, or, I don't or at least third line center to start. I you you I just. Not to like absolutely bash your point, but no, with I, a guy I, I, like I, I, Dylan Cousins with his potential, it wouldn't make much sense starting him on the fourth line. I'd rather give him more ice time on the second or third line instead. And Honestly, we will even, see. Even more to my point, then you throw like Kyle Opozo down there. That's like a super. Uh, exactly. It, it's we, we both helped each really, other's points. Really with yes. Um, their first two lines solid. I'm fine with that. Their defense, fine. It, it's it's fine. It's not you know. It's not incredible. No one's wearing a Norris, but it's it's good enough. I think the Sabers, why they're going to be um, second worst team in this division, is like they just chin the bar, and like if anything goes wrong for them, they're screwed on like any front, right? I think that's the biggest issue with the Sabers that I have. Let's go up one spot in the rankings. Say what you want, people listening to this podcast. Thirteen minutes and forty-two seconds in. The New York Rangers is. We have the New York Rangers missing the playoffs by two spots. We have them ranked in the sixth uh, spot in this division. That does not mean they are a bad team by any means, right? Igor Shesterkin, I think, is going to continue to be elite. And I think he's going to, you know, fill into that number one goal, goalie role nicely. This is one of those goalie tandems with uh, Georgiev and. Uh, Shesterkin, where Shesterkin is going to get more starts, I believe, even even though there's a shorter schedule, I think he's going to carry the bulk of the load just based on principle. But I don't know uh, if this team is a playoff team. Like the the when we were having this conversation, uh, putting these rankings together, uh, like a week ago. We had the conversation of if we rank this team higher than this team, we have to make the you know we have to all agree that this is a more of a playoff team than the teams below them, and that's what it comes down to. We we think that the new the, I think I speak for all of us. The New York Rangers are going to be a good team. They are not more of a playoff team than the teams above them, and that's why we have them missing the playoffs by the margin. We have them missing the playoffs. Back to the roster though. Both of you guys, do you think how, how do you think Lafreniere factors into all of this? I think if he has a breakout season, kind of like how people are kind of expecting him, obviously not like a Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews type season, but still an elite level season. And I mean, you can make the case that they're a playoff. It's it's not too far fetched to say that they could be a playoff team, but. That's him stepping up. I want to see Capocacco step up, Phil Pedel. I want to see a lot of their young guys, Adam Fox as well. I, 
Shesterkin as well you can throw into the mix. They have a lot of young talent. It's whether or not they are like that. We talked about this with the LA Kings in episode two ago when we are talking about the West, about how they're, if they're prospects and if those guys who are in their first, second season, if they can build off it and just pop off this season, they have the potential to be a really good team. Yeah. I yeah. Not much else to say about it. Like a, a lot of their success lies on their top guys Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, Igor Shesterkin. If those guys perform up to snuff, I have no doubt in my mind that this team can make the playoffs. But as I said, we think that they are less of a playoff team than the teams ahead of them. Speaking of, this is a hot take. Fair warning. This, this is get the this water, is get the get fire extinguisher. This is going to rub some feathers the wrong way. Yeah. We have at the fifth ranked missing the playoffs by a hair, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hold on. Stop. Hold, you know, put the stools down. Don't throw anything. Don't grab the pitchforks and the tor- torches quite yet. Don't storm the town center. Please no. The Pittsburgh Penguins are on their way out in terms of this era of success. They're old. They, uh, Jim Rutherford is, I don't know what he's doing sometimes. Sometimes I understand, sometimes I don't. And I think the, the, the other two guys on the call can agree. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I was a big arguer that I think the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't going to make the playoffs this year. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I, I think if they're just old. And I think that that's really it. Like, they're all... See, the Penguins managed to do one of the things that many teams this season, or this offseason, rather, couldn't... Or could do. They managed... No, not that. They made their team worse. Yeah. I would agree. in all facets, in all honesty, I'd say, although you pick up a guy like Kasperi Kapanen, what did that cost you? Bill Pollander... A first round and a first round pick, Patrick and then you look at the Patrick Mork exactly. Patrick Hornquist, yes, he's on a bit of a decline, but Michael Matheson. As much as I think that he won't be as bad as he was in Florida, that is a six year deal, just under five million dollars for what? Like, for what kind of player? And they gain cap space about, too in that. They gain cap space too. Office. They sign. They sign Cody CC, who's not. Bad, but he isn't like bad. It's, he's bad. <laughs> he's yeah. Bad. It's just, no, it, it, it's, it's just the the and, team is and, the team is not great. Like it 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 is. We think I it also, is closer to being a playoff team than the Rangers, but they're not making the playoffs with this team. I think my, that that is my kind biggest, of what my biggest gripe is the fact that they. I feel like they bailed on Matt Murray too early, in my opinion. And you can say like cap space and all that stuff as well, but. Jim Rutherford knew that this was likely going to be a season where you needed two goalies to be successful. And although Casey DeSmith, I like as a backup, I don't think he's a good enough backup. And Tristan Jari, I love Tristan Jari. I thought he was amazing last season. Can he do it again? And it's Very it's only question. a matter of time until the Penguins get absolutely burned with these moves, in my opinion. That's all I'm going to say. I, yeah, like it, I think. We agreed, and we agree 
it just comes down to team composition. Individually, these players are not bad, right? I do mm-hmm. like Kasperi Kapanen. and I think him being on the first line with Crosby and Gensel, I think that is really scary. I think if Ganny Malkin, Jason Zucker, and maybe Brian Rust or Brandon Tanev on that second line, that's a decent top six. But I don't know if they can perform every night, night in and night out, with the tight schedule, with some of these guys' ages and some of these guys' injury proneness. I don't know if they can play at that consistent great level that some of these guys individually can play at. And that is what the core of our argument is saying when we say the Pittsburgh Penguins are not going to make the playoffs. They Am I aren't right? bad. Reminder, they aren't bad. But there are teams that are better than them. I think the biggest issue for me with the Penguins is that Tristan Yari needs to have a good season, which he could. It's very possible. Like Rafi said, Casey DeSmith is not... Um, not ideal. He could be good. There are a lot of ifs surrounding that goalie tandem, which is an issue for the Penguins. And their defense isn't good. Mike Matheson and Cody Ceci might be the one of the worst pairings in the league. Marcus Patterson, John Moreno, eh, not bad. We'll excuse that six-year deal that Moreno got. And then Brian Dublin with Crystal Tang is number one. Eh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's good, but it's not, you know, it's not an elite level pairing, I would argue. So they're they're forwards. Honestly, <laughs> the reason I have them at number five is because it is so hard to bet against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. It is just look, so Did you see difficult. how good Jake Gensel was, too, before he got yes. injured last season? Jake Gensel was amazing before he got injured. It's just, it's just so bizarre that they went into this offseason with one Jack Johnson and managed to come out of the offseason with two Jack Johnsons who are combined more expensive than him. It's unreal. Yeah. Their their front office is at least, you know, general manager Jim Rutherford might be one of the worst in the league. All right. Let's uh, go to number four before right, I, right, right. Before, I just, <laughs> before, we go before we just start beating a dead horse on how we think the Pittsburgh Penguins are not existent in yeah. terms of relevancy anymore. Number four above them making the playoffs also by a hair. The New York Islanders. I think whether or not Matthew Barzell is able to sign with whatever cap space Lou Lamorello is able to pull out of the air like a magician. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that also is a miracle. That is a holiday miracle. Um, a, a late Christmas gift for New York Islanders fans. However, whether that happens is yet to be seen. Why we think the New York Islanders, with or without Matthew Barzell, are better than the Pittsburgh Penguins. A, just based on strict principle they have more they do not rely solely on Matt Barzell Anders Lee Brock Nelson they've got guys that can play really well they've got Eberly they've got Nick Letty they've got guys that can play really well yes they lost Zach Boychuk yes they lost Devin Tays they have a really sound competent team they also have one of the greatest coaching minds in the league history with Barry Trotz I think it gives them enough edge I think I, it's very bad. I, I mean, I don't think they lose much with Barzell in the sense that the way the team plays isn't suited for Barzell. Barzell would fit really well on a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs or Colorado Avalanche, where it's offense, 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 
we have a fine defense to keep us going. You know, you sound a lot like a Toronto media member saying that Matthew Barzal would fit great. They say anyone would fit great in that system. You know why? Because it's Toronto. They think they're the greatest. Okay, fine. You can put them with the Bruins then. How do you like that? Yeah, Um, Yeah. okay. But I'm just saying, like, Barzal's flashiness and his offensive production and how he puts up, he's more offensively minded than defensively minded makes him a bit of an outcast in their system. I'm not saying that Barzell is a nice to have on the team. I'm sure they want him, and I'd say that definitely brings him up a notch. But system-wise, I don't think missing Barzell is too big of a hit for them. No. It's not good. <laughs> I think the biggest issue for them is can you step up um, to replace Devontae's? And if they can on the I back agree. end, if they can, if they can step up and replace Devontae's with whoever, you know, fills it in. You don't have to just replace him with one guy, just as a system. Can you replace him? The same defensive impact Devontae's had on it with other players. If you can, then you are set. Sir, Semyon Varlamov is a fantastic goalie. Absolutely the right choice to keep him over Grice. He will he will perform fantastic. Uh, the only thing, kind of looking at their roster, center depth not great without Barzell. You got. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, Brock Nelson, and then Casey Zizekas and kind of falls off basically after Brock Nelson. Um, but other than that, this team is really solid, and you've got a lot of options to go to for offense, uh, still a number of solid defenders, and a fantastic goaltender in Varlamov. To make they, things they, clear for yeah. people listening out there, we, we did just say that the New York Islanders are better than the Pittsburgh Penguins and that they're making the playoffs over the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I want that point to be clear. And yeah. that 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 is it is not a matter of we think that Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, the three of them, uh, Chris Letang and Tristan Yari can't will it into existence that they will make the playoffs with this group for like a one last dance kind of thing. That isn't what we're saying. We think that's possible. We just think on principle and for the reasons we listed out, they are a better team and a are more of a playoff team, which is what it boils down to. The Islanders are more of a playoff team than the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that is why we have them ranked in the playoffs as opposed to the Pittsburgh Penguins out of the playoffs. Number three on the list, Boston Bruins. Rafi, I'm asking you this as the token Boston Bruins fan of the three of us. Is losing Tory Krug that big of a blow to your defense, yes or no? I Can I elaborate if I say... I'm no. giving you the <laughs> Four and a half word answer. That's it. No more, no less. I think that losing Tori Krug. Done. Done. That's four and a half. <laughs> yep. No, no, no. Conti- continue, please. Because you, yeah, you're I, a little more knowledgeable on the situation yeah. than Noah and I are. I just, I, I honestly do think that losing Tori Krug isn't as big of a deal as people make out to be in the sense that they have prospects in Jeremy Lauzon, Erho back, back in nine, and they have guys who can kind of step up and have kind of been waiting patiently for their shot and making it to the NHL and proving their worth. And in all honesty, you lose Tory Krug, but I think we, I, I personally remember this very fondly. It might just be that I have a attachment to Zach Bogosian, but his amazing assist on that one goal versus the Boston Bruins in the bubble, that was because Tory Krug turned over the puck. Tory Krug is a very, he's, He's a good defender. He is not a great defender. Boston didn't lose much defensively by him leaving. They did lose him offensively, and that's where I think it will affect him a bit. 
But then again, that first power play unit where he was so great, they still have Bergeron. They still have Pasternak, who's likely going to be ready to go and might miss a week or two. And then you have Marshan, who's going to be likely ready to go. You can't really say the power play unit is now drastically worse because of Tory Krug left, in my opinion. I don't think Tory Krug's offensive ability leaving them just is going to hurt them in that. I understand. And then, obviously, losing Chara is not good for your locker room. But he wasn't the biggest impact on the ice. Kind of a liability at times, which I hate to say it for such a fantastic uh, career. But, you know, I don't think losing him is either such a big deal on the ice. Like I said, in the locker room, for captaincy, yeah, it's um, it's a pretty big deal. But, overall, it's hard to count It's hard to count out the Bruins. You've still got runner-up um, runner Vezina place. Uh, that was not English. Second place, Vesna voting goalie, Tuka Rask, um, who says it's going to be uh, not an issue that he left, right? Um, Which in the he's bubble. right. It shouldn't be an issue. Like, and, and, I don't think it, it hasn't seemed like one either from the last few months. It seems like everything's all good to go. But yes, continue. Um, Pasternak and Marchand will be out for a little bit. I think the Bruins offense is deep enough to where it's going to hurt that they have those out. But, you know, they are be able to at least maintain and get a few wins. Um, let's get like a few wins before Pasternak and Marshawn come back, and then they t- they can kind of take over the offense from there. I and think their defense. I think Rocky's right, and their defense is not taking a huge hit with Krug and Chara, and they'll still be just fine. Uh, and also, just before Logan can make some closing comments on the Bruins before we move on, the fact that they have Raskin, Halak, who have been art, arguably and statistically. And you can prove it with the Jennings Trophy, probably the best goalie tandem in the league the past few seasons by stats. I know, yes, obviously Mark yes. Andre Fleury, Robin Lehner. I'd rather have that as my duo. But for this division, I think I think it's the most sound goalie tandem in this division. And, and as we've kind of said so often, that's like a very big deal this season. And I think that's definitely going to be a big reason why Boston is able to still make the playoffs. And yeah, Logan. Number two in the Eastern Division, we have the Philadelphia Flyers. And before I continue, yes, that does mean at number one, we rank the Washington Capitals being the best team in the division. I want to make that clear so that you guys understand where our heads are at before we get talking, because I want there to be pandemonium. I am a, I want chaos in the comments, dang it. No, but the Philadelphia Flyers ranked at number two. They have a really good team. My voice just got 10 octaves higher. They have a really good team. I think Plain I think simple. a lot of people are underrating um, the Flyers. I think a lot of they them don't are think really that they're going rating. to be able to repeat it. And this yeah. is the second year. This is I'm going to compare this group of Flyers to the Carolina Hurricanes. Last year was like year one with Rod Brindamore for the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers made the playoffs. They made a statement in the regular season. They've showed themselves that they are a legitimate team with this group kind of led by uh, all really good. Lynn Blom is going to show up back in the roster and be a impactful player. Morgan Frost, who's a young body, is going to be an impactful player. They have this young team, this young, unproven in a good way team that is making a noise 
making noise in this league. It's a lot like the Carolina Hurricanes were 2018-19, right? Yeah. yeah. It, this is year two for this team. And if you remember last year, year two with the Carolina Hurricanes, they just solidified it more. The only yeah. difference is they have a better goaltender, and I think that's going to be the, 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 the deciding factor. I think Carter Hart is one of the best goalkeepers in this division. I think Carter Hart and uh, Brian Elliott, I think Brian Elliott is still with them. Yes, uh, he's, he's going to yes. be backing them up. I think that is a great goaltender tandem. I really like it. My, my only problem, and there's certain reasons for why this could happen, injuries, probably the number one biggest thing, and obviously Carter Hart, like they finally found that number one goaltender. But if you look at some of the last seasons, starting with 2013-2014, they finished in third out of eight, six out of eight, fifth out of eight, six out of eight, third out of eight, six out of eight, second out of eight. I, it's hard for me to put the Flyers over a team like Boston or a team like the Islanders, or even a team like Pittsburgh in a sense that the Flyers have not been consistent enough for me over the past few years for me to feel really confident in them yet. I think that they definitely can and will prove me wrong this season that they can be a consistent consistent top three team in whatever division they'll be in at Metro next year, likely, and this division as well. But that kind of just is a lingering thought for me. And I think I, I think that can speak for a lot of people who are kind of riding off the flyers at the moment right now. Just that inconsistency so far that we've seen over the last 10 years. Just a reminder that I would argue places one through five, maybe six and seven are really subject to change. Like any team could go on a hot streak and win, you know, 10, 11 out of 12, 11 out of 13, and just storm up these divisions. This, these um, places are going to be so ridiculously close between like one through four, one through five, maybe even one through six. These are going to be decided by like overtime wins. There might be some tiebreaker rules that come into play. So we're saying don't, don't yell at us if we put your favorite team uh, a little bit lower than you think they should be. They are going to be within like points of each other, like less than 10 points of each other. Um, this division is going to be really close. Saying that, I think we can, I think the three of us agree, while really old, the Washington Capitals are really uh, the best team in this division. By far. I think, not by I think, far, but I, I yes. By they far are, in terms of this division, by far. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not even, it's, it's, we said at the beginning of the show, it is going to be a close race. It is going to be a battle for the finish. And the Washington Capitals, this is, it's a great team. It's a fantastic team. Like, they're there's really no better old. way to put it. Like, they're, they're really old, old though. But they haven't slowed down. Like, I don't think age is a factor. Like, Alex Ovechkin's entering a contract season, and typically players perform double, like, like really well in and contract just, season. And he just won the Rocket Richard. <laughs> Nicholas Backstrom. Is still playing meaningful hockey. If Danny Kuznetsov, in you know, on that second line center role, is playing really meaningful hockey still. TJ Oshie and Tom Wilson round off that top, you know, to top six group or top five group. And Lars Eller, even though he's a centerman, like those are their top six forwards. Come on, 
Come on, you're telling how me that's that a bad Connor group? Sh- Offensively Connor and defensively. How about that Connor Sherry pickup for seven hundred and thirty? Exactly. That was, that's unreal. They're taking some of they're taking the guys that kept beating them when they were with Pittsburgh and they're like, Okay, you guys keep beating us, just join us then and then they, they got now Justin just gonna Schultz be- and they got Connor Sherry. I exactly think like they they really there were minimal holes in this roster last season. They did get beat out because they just got beat out. Like there's plain and simple. They got beat out. They got outplayed. See, However, the thing is though, yeah, go. It, it's there's something about this roster. There's something about the 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 atmosphere around this team, even without uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Even they also added Zidane Ochara. They also added Zidane Ochara. And I Brendan Dillon a while ago. That. Still. I love that. Let's, Rafi, I'm going to let you talk now. But yeah. this is a great team. This is going to be a fan, fun team to watch. Oh, my God. I'm excited for the Washington Capitals. Falafel. This this team screams underrated Stanley Cup contender. I think that they have, offensively and defensively, the makes of a team that could win the Stanley Cup. They have a elite first line. They have an insane guy who can put up goals on any night in Alex Ovechkin. A lot of grit. Tom Wilson leading the charge. Amazing depth, as you guys touched upon, with Haglin and Sheary. And then defensively, you have that number one defenseman, John Carlson. Rounding out the top four, you have Brendan Dillon, Justin Schultz. And then you can throw in, like, Van Riemsdyk, Orlov. And then you have Charo, veteran experience as well, also factored into the grit. The one thing, in my mind, that could be holding back the Washington Capitals this season is Ilya Samsonov not being ready yet to be an NHL starter. He split That's a lot of time last yeah. season with Brain Holpe, and now he's getting the Helms with a backup that's Phoenix Copley. No, I take it away. I'll, I'll give you this point. <laughs> I honestly think, while Hendrik Lundqvist may have been declining, um, I do think he's a su- he was a super important piece for the Capitals to have. And, and that was a great because- mentor. That's a great split mentor it's with Elias Samson. Yeah, You've, you split him for the beginning of the season. You know, to make sure Samsonov's ready, then let Samsonov take the starting role. I think now having Samsonov, well, Lundqvist, you know, can still, he's not like gone. He, he's, he can still talk to Samsonov, but it's very different than watching somebody nah, play. As soon as you opt out of your contract for the season, you, you just disappear. You evaporate into the air. Yeah. Um, right. So, it's going to be like a little bit of help from Lundqvist, but it's much better to have, you know, Lundqvist as a mentor for Samsonov on the ice, able to talk to him in between periods, whatever. Um, so Rafi's right. If Samsonov isn't ready, this team is not, this team will have to win games 6-5, 5, f- five four, right? And they can they're do not, that. They're though. not going to win they have... one 0 games. See, they the thing the is, though, they, do it. they have the capability of doing it. Uh, for it's going to wear them though. down, though. Exactly. That's going to wear them down, and it's going to be a problem. That's what I was about to say. They can still do it. But we don't. I think I don't think you really want to push it though. In that kind of sense. No. No. I. I mean, by all means, I. I would love for this team to succeed. Like this is. I. I didn't realize how excited I was for this team to play until we got to this team in the rankings. Like I was just like, yeah, Washington. When we had this conversation, Washington at one. It's going to be a close race. I don't know. I am very confident in the fact that this team will be the first, the best team in the Eastern Division. I love them. Like this is going to be a fun team to watch. I and and there's uh, 
Cam, yeah. just want to throw this out there too. Craig Anderson is on a professional tryout with the Washington Capitals as we record this show. So I think this would definitely be a better backup than Phoenix Copley, a guy that we can kind of rely on a bit more. I mean, his stats have been like not awful. So he has, he has potential. He's definitely a better backup than Phoenix Copley. No offense to him. No, I, there are very fair arguments being made with this team. It's it, you know, they're an old team, but they've got a lot in the tank and they have a lot to prove. And I really think that we all agree this is a cup, a dark horse cup contending roster. And I would not be shocked. I will be shocked because I think, you know, just the way that the playoffs are formatted, it's going to be tough for them to make it that deep, especially, you know, how tight this Eastern division race is going to be. But I won't, I would not be shocked if they made a deep playoff appearance this year. And I expect them to. I really do. That wraps it up for this episode and our division recaps, reviews, previews. That's the right word. Thank you guys so much for listening over the last four days. We are going to be taking the next uh, week and so on days. Uh, The next show you will be hearing is next Friday. We will be getting back to our Friday at noon central uh, uploads. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Puck Talk Live Podcast. Click the link tree link in our bio to find our socials find all the podcast platforms interact with us give us ideas for shows we love talking to people we love talking hockey that's why i made this podcast in the first place once again logan rosengar with the puck talk live podcast we appreciate everything you guys do for us and we will see you guys next week take care